0: What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Life Changing with Dr. Derek Greenfield. (laughs) As you can probably imagine, I am Dr. Derek Greenfield, and you're tuned into the first installment of this podcast. So I'm super excited that you have elected to join me on this journey. So what have you gotten yourself into? Well, 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 give me about 30 minutes and you'll know. But the show in general is about changing and transforming your life for the better. So you can make the most sense of it and live your best version of it. So yes, I hope that the show and each episode can be life-changing for you. And yet the emphasis will be on hearing the stories of others who have made life changes. In some cases, pretty dramatic ones. And yet, we'll often focus in on the everyday little things we can do. Those small tweaks, like adding a pinch of a different spice that can totally make new flavors and the recipe come to life. We don't always need to buy a new car engine. Sometimes the battery just needs a little jump. And in the end, we want to make this podcast real and practical and have a little bit of fun along the way. And today, we're going to focus on somewhat of a prerequisite for change, attitude. Now we'll get to that in a moment. But first, a a bit about me. Originally from Rochester, New York, son of Maxine and Jerry Greenfield, went off to college intending to be a sports announcer, but found education ultimately as a better fit. Was a youth worker in Chicago, then about 15 years as a college professor, a stint as a university chief diversity officer, then five years full-time on the road, speaking and consulting, mostly on issues related to diversity inclusion, team building, motivation, leadership, and so on. And then for the past year and a half, I served as vice president for student engagement and campus life, as well as chief diversity officer at Kentucky State University. Now, just a few weeks ago, I left that position and relocated to the Dominican Republic. Talk about life changing. Now, that whole story, I'll share it a bit more in in later episodes, but for now, I'm living on my own terms and exploring new ventures, with this podcast being one of them. You know people for years have told me that you, know, you should have a podcast Dr. G well now it's time and this means a lot to me so thank you for being here and joining me. Now I mentioned attitude before you probably heard it attitudes are contagious make yours worth catching the attitude determines your altitude that attitude is 100% of your success in life and what you do is you take each letter in that word and connect it to its number order in the alphabet. So A is one point, T is 20 points. Add that up and you get 100. Kind of cool, huh? Well, great attitude, of course, allows you to persevere through challenges. Being positive attracts positive people and makes positive outcomes more likely. Lots of truth there. And yet I also, through my studies, have been doing a lot of thinking about the fact that attitude is not just sort of a temporary thing we put on, like, you know, I need to have a good attitude today. It's really more of a general way of being. And that's important for us to think about because the put-on attitude can fade. You know, new year, new you, everybody gets started in 2021 with all kinds of new changes, but it's tough to stick with them because when the going gets tough, we quickly often revert back to old habits. So we gotta understand what makes the difference between that temporary and that permanent way of staying positive. And we have a great guest who can help us get there. I want to remind you of a wonderful quote by Oprah that says the greatest discovery of all time is that a person can change their future by merely changing their attitude. So think about what you could do right now to change your attitude that little bit or make just even the smallest of change to get you on that journey of true transformation. What's something literally tomorrow, a little thing like maybe driving a new way to work or school or moving around the furniture where you live? Why not? You might discover something new and exciting. Shoot, you can always change it back real quick. So go do it tomorrow. Just see what happens. Nothing terrible is going to take place by driving a new route on the way to work. Go for it. See what happens. And then now what I'd like you to do is to consider a more major change that you've been thinking about making in your life. And just hold that in your spirit as we meet our guest today and you listen to her words. Now, before that, I want to share a quick story about being open to change. There's a place in Tybee Island, Georgia, called The Sandbar. Kind of a hole-in-the-wall spot. No $20 fancy drinks. Just grab a cold one, listen to some live music, and have a great time. I think the best review I saw online of The Sandbar was someone called it a smoky, fun dive bar. That's probably a pretty good place to be. Now, Jennifer Knox, the owner, loved it and loved the people working there. While accounts, has a really positive disposition. And maybe even a little greater sense of ownership on the place because she worked there as a bartender for seven years before taking over as owner, and she actually now runs it with her mom. So it's truly a family place. The last year, the pandemic hit. And of course, as places nationwide had to shut down. Jennifer had to do the same with the sound bar. And she quickly realized that her six employees were struggling both financially and emotionally. Now here's the interesting part. The place is nicknamed the Dollar Bill Bar because it's been tradition for customers to take a dollar bill or for international guests, whatever their home currency might be. Write your name on it, maybe a message or two, and staple the bill to the wall. Kind of a cool idea, right? You leave your mark and maybe you'll be more interested in coming back to look for it in the future. You see, winners have an attitude of finding solutions. Jennifer could have feared taking down those dollar bills. It's been tradition. But yet she saw the possibilities in the change, or rather, the dollar bills. She looked at the walls and saw hope for her employees. So one day, back in April, Jennifer and a team of five volunteers spent several days carefully removing the bills, taking out the staples, and you know, that was a literal pain. And then after a few extra donations from others, she was able to provide $600 for each of her employees, four bartenders, two musicians, a simple but powerful gesture. Her employees not only needed the money, but they felt so good. I've seen images of the tears running down their faces knowing Jennifer cared that much and made that change for them. So how do we bring this attitude of success and kindness and openness to change, especially at a time like this? Now, to help us with that, I am honored to introduce y'all to Dr. LaShawn Thompson, my friend. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? But wait, but first, I should say, since you're in Germany now, Guten Tag. Guten Tag.
1: How are you doing? I'm doing well. We are enjoying some nice cold weather here at this time, nice snow weather, coffee and sitting by the fire. It's in order here for now. Uh, I hear that you are enjoying some different type of weather where you are.
0: I mean, I hate to rub it in, but it's kind of like 80 degrees here on the beach in Dominican Republic. But, you know, the cocoa and the fire and all that does sound kind of cute.
1: It has its perks. Uh, I've not had the opportunity while I was living in the States to drive in snow. And so I am learning some new skills here, how to shovel snow and protect my car and how to drive in snow. So it has its perks. And last week, for the first time in my life, I did go outside and make a snow angel, which I was very proud of. It turned out perfect.
0: You know, that's a great example of how, as the title of the show, Life Changing, when we take advantage of these opportunities for new experiences in life, we get to be proud of ourselves, we get to experience new things, have some fun. And so I really want to use that as an opening example or metaphor for what we're going to be exploring in our conversation. So I got to ask, you had never been out of the country before. You just up and moved to Germany, leaving behind friends and family. For many people, that would be the hardest thing to do about a change like that, especially with all that's going on in the world right now, just having gone through the holidays. How'd you handle it?
1: I will say that I utilize Facebook and Instagram a lot more than I did before I moved here. And that's, in my own way, trying to keep up with uh, what's going on in my family and my friends here. Also, I purposely try to keep up. I mean, I do my video calls and my phone calls with family and friends, and I've created several group chats with families and friends, and we keep up on a daily basis during that. And this holiday was different for me because this is my first time actually being away from family for the holidays in my whole entire life. And so I really was purposeful about creating an emotional wellness plan for myself during the holidays so that I could emotionally deal with being separated from everyone at a time when people usually try to come together. And that emotional wellness plan then actually consisted of cooking which I didn't do much of before I moved to Germany but necessity makes fools of us all and I really learned how to cook after I moved here and so my wellness plan for the holidays included meeting all of my mom's recipes that she would normally make during the holidays and replicating them here so that I could feel like I was a part of what was going on back home. And I must say that I was successful in that and it tasted just like home. So I'm very proud of myself.
0: Oh, I love it. And actually in some ways that willingness to be open to change and social media and cooking can even bring us closer in different ways to the people that we love, right? It's not the exact same way, but now there's that bond that you may share because you picked up those recipes and continued on that legacy. I'm excited hearing these stories, and that really ties so much into what we're going to talk about. I'm hyped. I am so hyped to be with you, my friend. And again, I thank you for for being the first guest. Let me tell everybody just a little bit about you. So Dr. Thompson, Mississippi, born and bred through and through. Originally from the Gulf Coast, she earned all three of her degrees, including the PhD in Experimental Psychology from the University of Southern Mississippi. She's a licensed professional counselor, a national certified counselor. So, I mean, she knows her stuff, y'all. Spent years in clinical practice and nonprofit work. And then we met when you were teaching and you were well loved and respected at Alcorn State University in the psychology department. And now you are Associate Collegiate Europe faculty for the University of Maryland University College out there in Germany. So we're talking with someone we really have so much respect for a tremendous clinician, an educator, psychologist who's going to help us. Really make that connection between our attitude and our openness to change. This podcast is about making changes for the better in our life. And one of the things that I was talking about at the outset of this episode is that in order to really be open for change in life, we have to possess the right attitude for it. I mean, it's hard to really make ourselves open for change if we aren't ready for it. Talk to us about this idea of kind of attitude as a disposition and being open to change and how important that is for us to be able to actually engage in change mechanisms.
1: Right. I think, I mean, I agree with what you're saying that You need to have that openness so that when opportunities come to you and they are presented to you, that you are ready to accept those opportunities for whatever may come after that, positive or negative experiences that could come from that. However, a lot of that has to do with our temperament. As human beings, we have different and various ways that we respond to external stimuli. Some of us are very easy flowing, When we are engaging with the environment, some of us are very difficult. Some of us um, have these over-the-top reactions towards external stimuli that is presented to us, and some of us are a mixture in between of those two. And so understanding what type of temperament you have would actually help you being open. If you know that you're not an easygoing person, that you tend to respond overly negative to, to new experiences, then if you understand that about yourself, then you can start to train yourself to respond better, to be more open, to be actually more positive, have more positive attitude to new experiences. So interestingly, it is not innate in human beings, to be positive and have a positive, to have a propensity towards a positive attitude for positive experiences. It's actually biologically easier for us to have a push towards negative emotions and negative attitudes biologically. And there's a reason for that because evolutionary-wise, we have to sometimes remember the things that we fear, the things that bring us negative emotion to keep us safe. And so those things are actually remembered more easily by the human brain than positive experiences that we have in life. So it's actually more normal for people to have a propensity towards a negative attitude, towards new experiences, and even negative emotions. So with that being said, you have to really consciously work on creating this positive attitude for remembering positive experiences that you've had in the past. For when you've been open to an experience and you stepped out and took that experience wholeheartedly and it went well for you, we have to work harder at remembering those good things, those positive things that created positive emotions in us than we do for the negative. So here's the bad thing. The bad thing that it is natural to have those negative attitudes and negative emotions. But the good news is that at any minute you can work on those and you can change those.
0: Wow, that's powerful. I mean, we are biologically predisposed against change. Even if we're in a negative situation, unhealthy or toxic relationship, one would think that, you know, we'd want to get out of that. And yet so many forces within us conspire to keep us there because at least we know it. It's comfortable. So you're reminding us, Dr. Thompson, we've got to work extra hard to fight against sort of our uh, those inner forces that'll keep us from change. So how do we change ourselves to be more open to change?
1: What we like to do when people come to therapy is to do a little restructuring. We try to help people to see things from a different perspective. I will give you an example. One way that people, when they are doing this negative self-talk to themselves, they may start this black and white thinking, right? We call it all or nothing thinking, where either I'm going to be open to this experience and everything's going to be great about it, or I'm not going to do it. And if I can't, talk myself into it or guarantee myself that everything is going to be great, then I'm just not going to do it because it has to be all or nothing. And so we would try to get them to understand that they need to think in shades of gray, that it's not black or white. There's some gray there. So maybe it won't all be great, but maybe you will still grow from it. And maybe even the things that are not so great, you will still be able to get something out of that. And so that's just an example of how we would try to restructure from that negative self-talk and try to correct it and try to lend it towards a more positive attitude.
0: I really love that idea of shades of gray. You know, in every decision we make, there's going to be some great and some not so wonderful. And yet at the side of the scale that tips in the positive direction is, you know, working that way then that should be sufficient for us. And yet sometimes we get derailed because it's not perfect because of that black and white thinking. I I can relate. You know, I love so much of being in the Dominican Republic, the wonderful weather, the people, and yet I am missing Thai food. It is almost impossible to find, I love Thai food, some good Thai in this country. And it's frustrating. You have to realize, you know what, every situation that you put yourself in new, there'll be some things that you will not have that you're accustomed to. And that some things will become obstacles, but the more you kind of prepare yourself for it. So if I had thought about it before, maybe I would have had shipped down here some you know, Thai ingredients so I can start doing more of my own cooking. Knowing these sort of potential downsides allows us to prepare a little bit more and being intentional, as you'd mentioned before. You know, they say that folks don't really change, you know, but yet you. You get up and move to Germany. What makes the difference for some of us who draw from our old experiences and say, I want better, and those who stay stuck in them?
1: That's a great question. I really feel like it depends on the person. Like We all are essentially developing in our own individual ways. And so our individual experiences that we've had in the past, they really do set the foundation for our future behaviors and our future thoughts and our future feelings and so as we're experiencing the world we're always looking back on those experiences and trying to add to them. They're not just sitting there being stored away. We usually as human beings will take those experiences and try to uh, factor them into what we're going to do in the future and so it really depends on who you are as a person. I will tell you personally and i will be the first to say this i am not a courageous person and probably anybody that is listening to this uh, podcast and probably you derek as well would say how can you say you are not a courageous person you live and work internationally by yourself away from everyone and everything that you love. And you are so far out of your comfort zone. How can you say that you're not courageous? I can say that. I can be honest and say that this is something purposeful that I am doing with my life. I, like many human beings, like my comfort zone. I don't like to change. I don't like to be pushed into change. And so for me, it was a blatant decision to start saying yes to opportunities. And I want to give a good girlfriend of mine a shout out, Miss Heidi Nelson. She's a mental health administrator in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we've been friends for over 20 years. We went to graduate school together. And she introduced me to this program that she was doing at the time that basically was called New Things, right? And when she introduced it to me, she said, you know, it's all about saying yes and doing something new that you never have done before. And it could be anything. It could be something very small and it's like it's not important at all to something very big. And you just keep a list. Every time that you do something new that you never did before, you write it down, right? This is something new. I never made this recipe before. I'm going to write it down. I was successful at this. And it lets you purposefully see yourself taking advantage of opportunities to change. And the basic premise behind it is, if you say yes and open yourself up to very small pieces of change, then when those big opportunities come around, you will be more willing to say yes. And I think I give that program a lot of credit that she introduced me to because it made me purposely think to myself, Right. You don't need to stay in this rut to stay comfortable. You need to continue to grow. In psychology, we follow uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where we are hopefully trying to grow towards self-actualization. And we can't do that if we get comfortable in ourselves. And so for me, I probably had gone through the program for about a year and I had about four columns of things that I had written down that I had done that were brand new to me. I had never given before. And so when this opportunity came around, it was easier for me to say yes, right? It was another new thing that I was going to add onto my list. Was I fearful? Yes. Right. This is, you know, something that was not only new, it was scary. Moving to another country, you know, by myself, being able to navigate work and the purchase of a car and getting a driver's license, an international driver's license. All of those things were I was scared of them and they made me fearful. However, saying yes to so many new things beforehand in a purposeful way allowed me to think more positively about saying yes to this experience.
0: Powerful. You know, that idea of creating the new things list, exactly what I want this show to be about. Practical things people can start doing right now. Seeing yourself as a proactive agent of change. You know, a lot of times we say to ourselves, well, that's just not me. Well, so you might not be yet. It's possible to create that change if you maintain an open mind. But too often, as you said before, we resist that. One of the things I would love to do with students is take them out to eat. And we would go places they had never eaten before, try foods, cuisines that they'd never even considered. So often they would say, well, that's just not me. I don't like that. It looks nasty. I'm like, give it a try. Because anytime you say to yourself, you know what, I won't try that. I don't like that food. I think it's gonna be bad. Even before you give it a chance, you've really reinforced in your mind the notion of closed-mindedness as who you are. And every time you try something new, you expand and open your mind and give yourself permission to do more of it in the future. I find students who say, I can't use chopsticks. And 30 minutes later, they're experts at it. And once your mind is open and has expanded that way, it never goes back. So sometimes we're afraid of trying new things because our fear of failure, and sometimes we're also maybe afraid that maybe everything's going to change or we're going to be a totally different person. We're going to lose who we are. How do we you know, kind of work through that? Just something I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks, I can
1: definitely say that I'm different, and it is because of having those different experiences. And you talked about not having those experiences and thinking to yourself, oh, I'm not gonna like that even before you have the experience. And we, as humans, we tend to do that. We tend to have this bias sometimes towards things that we haven't even experienced yet. And that bias can come from other people's experiences, right? People just telling us they had a bad experience with this type of food or traveling to this type of place. And it can cloud our judgment to make decisions to do some of those same things that are similar. And so that experience is key. Right. That personal experience. Sometimes we have to purposely say, you know, why am I? We have to examine the evidence. Is there evidence in my life to say that I should be biased towards this experience, towards this food, towards this new thing? Right. Why am I so fearful about it? Right. Is there evidence to back that I shouldn't do this, that I should be fearful about it? And if there's not, then that's when you should start changing your attitude towards that thing. So I will say that I'm different in some ways. I'm still the same O'Shawn, but I have grown. I'll give an example of how we sometimes, even in a new situation, can find ourselves really adapting and adjusting. I think I posted on social media a couple of weeks back that with the cold weather here, the air came out of my tires, And naturally, when there's a major shift in the weather, um, that can sometimes happen and your tires will deflate. And I had known this because it did happen to me when I was living in Natchez, Mississippi, which is much colder than where I'm from, the Gulf Coast, Mississippi. And so I already knew that it could happen and that's probably what was going on. And I really fretted over the idea of trying to figure out how to air these tires. And the fret was not about putting air in the tires. It was about, was I going to stay in my comfort zone? Was I going to find an American to help me? Was I going to use uh, American services here to complete this task, to stay in my zone, to stay comfortable? Or was I going to try to go out into the German economy and talk to Germans and use a German gas station and try to figure out with reading the German language how to do this if I had no American resources? And I was fretting about it because I had gotten comfortable even in a place where I should still be feeling uncomfortable because I should still be out of my comfort zone. I'm living internationally, I've never done this before. I still had gotten into a place where I found some comfort. And I said to myself, you have got to get out of this, right? And so even though I wanted to run towards the thing that I was comfortable with, I made myself go towards the thing I was not comfortable with. And I was so ecstatic with myself after I completed the experience. I went to the German gas station. I talked to a German national that tried to help me and gave me all this information about how their air works at different gas stations and how to figure out what pressure I needed in my my tire and how to convert their stuff to my American car. I was so happy that I didn't run to my comfort zone after I completed. Yet, did it scare me? Yes, it did. Did it keep me? for weeks, not driving, trying to figure out whether I was going to do this, accept this change or not. Absolutely. But I was so glad that I was open to doing something different because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the German economy. I learned a lot about myself that I could do it. And so for me, like, that's just an example of how You know, if you're open to that change, if you have that attitude and it's not going to be easy, it's not all the time easy to say, yes, I'm open to it. But if there's a little sliver, right, where you just allow that space to be there for you to say yes. Right. There's so much progress and so much growth in something just as simple as airing up your tires. Does mm. that make
0: sense? Mm, absolutely. And that's a really powerful example. I mean, literally keeping yourself locked in the house because you weren't open to that. Now, how have you experienced engaging, you know, with a different culture of folks and maybe what your assumptions were going to be about how they might respond to you and how you've built relationships as a result?
1: I will say that there's a difference. You know, at times, culturally, This is one example. Germans have a way of staring. You know, in the United States, when we stare at people, it's almost a declaration of war, right? People are like, what are you staring at? You know, (laughs) who are you staring at? culturally, they tend to just look at you for a length of time. And so that's a thing that I've had to get used to because, you know, my experience of that type of behavior has been, Okay, there's some judgment that's being made about me because you are looking so long. And so I've had to readjust my thinking to go along with their culture. It's not that they are making any judgments. It's just culturally, that's a behavior that is common for them that was uncommon for me. So I've had to get used to that being in public spaces with German nationals and They stare a lot, and so I've had to get used to being seen. And of course, once I open my mouth, they know that I'm not a German national. Um, They clearly know that I'm American, especially I'm bumbling around with the language, trying to, to figure out how to ask for what I need. But on the other side of that, I've never felt unwanted here. And even German nationals that don't speak English they have gone above and beyond trying to communicate with me and explain. And even when I'm bumbling their language um, and I'm just not getting it right, they don't laugh at me. They really are patient with trying to communicate and talk with me. So it definitely, it's stressful trying to get used to a new culture, but in a good way, experiencing the goodness of people, right? That wherever you go, there are good people that are
0: willing to communicate and to help you. And that's also a reminder to us when we know that other people are trying to make changes, right? Whether it is to learn a new language, to to transform their lives, it takes some time. It doesn't always happen by flipping the switch. And that patience and willingness to kind of work with them and, and guide them can really mean so much to them. So, you know, as we kind of move towards wrapping up, what, what's something we should take away from today that really can help us to live a better life, and to be open to the, just the wonderful possibilities that life presents to us?
1: I think if I was going to take anything away from this talk is that you have to be purposeful about creating that positive attitude, correcting that negative self-talk. Right. Every time, you know, you say to yourself, I can't do that. I'm not capable of doing that. Change that tone. Change that sentence. Maybe I'm not capable of doing it, but that doesn't mean I'm not capable of doing it in the future. So just having that idea that change is not something that's easy and it, having that positive attitude is not something that's innate with us. We have to work on that. We have to work towards it. And it's worth working towards. People that have a positive attitude tend to have more even keel positive emotions. And those positive emotions actually lend themselves to a better life. We have better well being, we're happier. And people that have those positive emotions on an even keel tend to actually live longer lives. So it's worth it but we have to work for
0: it. Mm, That's deep, you said it all right there. That's why you're Dr. LaShawn Thompson. Uh, Let me ask you a quick note, scale of zero to 10, when you first got offered the job, your emotional reactions, zero meaning, heck no, I will never do this, 10, I'm ready to do it. Where were you on a zero to 10 when you were first offered the opportunity to come to Germany?
1: I was at about a seven. I will say I wasn't on the lower end because I knew what I was applying for. I knew that it was going to be change, But also, you know, at Alcorn, we were, you know, teaching our students and trying to be really good role models for them. And I remember in my developmental psychology class, always talking to them about Erickson's developmental theory. And he talks about um, the end of life. The last stage of development in the human existence is integrity versus despair. And every time I taught that class, it would just come into focus for me that I don't want to get to the end of my life and be in despair. I don't want to get to the end and regret some opportunity I should have took advantage of, but I was too scared to take advantage of it or I didn't think I was capable of doing it. And so I said no. And so, you know, at some point I had to say to myself, if you're going to teach this, you need to live it. You know, and I had done a really good job of trying to relay messages to my psychology students that, hey, you know, international work is where our field is shifting to. Right. And so there's a world out there that needs your training. Right. That needs the wonderfulness that you're going to bring to this field. And don't be afraid. you know, limit yourself. And so for me, I was at a seven because. I made a commitment to myself to live what I was teaching and to try to model that behavior. So, you know, I wasn't at a 10. I was still afraid. I had still many questions about how I was going to be able to successfully maneuver this and make this a good experience, a positive experience for me. But I am glad that I was on the more positive side, that when I was offered the position, I could say, you know what, I think I can do that. Right. And because I said, yes, I'm here Experiencing things that I never could imagine I would have been experiencing. I've been to Venice and London and Switzerland and France. And I've just got to experience so many new and interesting things that I'm so glad I said yes. So I was not at that 10, but I'm glad that I was leaning towards that positive attitude instead of having that negative self-talk saying, you can't do
0: this. Mm. So before we conclude, we're going to do one little fun moment, a chance to you know, laugh at ourselves a little bit, not take ourselves too seriously. And also as a reminder that we don't always have to have all the answers, right? Sometimes in life, it's just figuring it out and being open to this. So, so here we go. I'm going to give you a word and you are not allowed to try to look it up. Cannot use Google or anything like that a word that i have never heard of a word that i don't know if anybody's ever heard of because i was trying to find the most obscure word possible and you're gonna have to define it and use it in a sentence we're just gonna have some fun all right the word is gentacular j-e-n-c-u-l-a-r like spectacular gentacular and I had no freaking... I don't think I have known anybody in the entire world who knows what this word means. So we're going to have some fun with it. What do you think gentacular means? And then you got to put it in a sentence. Okay. Gentac-
1: spectacular gender and doing spectacular things and representing your gender in spectacular ways. That is what is the definition
0: of what's the word <laughs> <laughs> so the word gentacular means pertaining <laughs> to breakfast exactly. I have no idea why we need another word for breakfast but yeah you're like well you know I uh, for my gentacular experience I had eggs and toast I don't know why we need a word called gentacular but apparently somebody decided we did but I love yours better I think yours is far better than breakfast.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. It's more interesting. I'm out here representing my gender. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
0: In a special. It's like that, you are truly gentacular, right? You are representing for women in a positive way. That's right. As you mentioned, you know, even going uh, all over the world by yourself where indeed, many people, might, many women might be afraid to take those risks and your boldness, but also your intentionality, I'm sure, about how to create the most safe possible travel, uh, something that you're dedicated to. So you know what? You, you're really gentacular, my friend. So I want to thank you. And I want to also thank all my old and new friends who checked out this podcast. Why don't we make a committed effort? to really working towards that positive attitude and being open to change. That's what this whole podcast is gonna be about every episode, meeting amazing people like Dr. Thompson, finding out from their stories and experiences how we can indeed better our lives. So if you liked it, share it, review it, spread the word. If you want to give me any feedback, hit me up at Derek at DerekGreenfield.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at DerekGreenfield.com. I promise I'll get back to you. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much. Thank you.
1: I appreciate you offering me this invitation. And I love talking about positive attitude and change and growth and This is just a great topic. And I know so many people are going to get so much from this podcast. So I just appreciate you. I appreciate the invitation and I appreciate what you're doing, my friend.
0: Thank you. And until next time, y'all bring that positive attitude. That's your choice to be life changing. Take care and much love to y'all.